Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Do you ever wonder what it must have been like to be in that upper room with the 120 after nine days of praying, fasting, longing, and seeking after Jesus, who had ascended into heaven, who said, wait for the promise of the Father that you have heard of me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and it is my great honor and privilege to share this program with you today, because today I want to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with you. Today, I want to share with you from the bottom of my heart certain supernatural secrets from God's Word that I believe will position you for the power of the outpouring of the Spirit of God on Pentecost. And before we do that today, I want to open today's telecast with prayer. I want to open it that God, the Holy Spirit, will come to you, that you will have your own upper room experience, but not stay stuck in the upper room, to realize that you have been empowered, that you are being called, that the Holy Spirit is putting his hand on you, that you are being selected and you are being elected for end time ministry. So let us begin with prayer. Precious Holy Spirit, we want an upper room experience. We do not just want some a feeling some sensation to just feel like we have been touched from heaven, but we want authentic revival. We want to be changed and we're even willing to go wherever you say go. If you call us to the nations, if you call us to Africa, if you call us to Mexico, if you call us to the classroom, if you call us wherever you have a need, if you need our voice, if you need our hands, if you need our heart to feel what you are longing for at this hour, we surrender ourselves and we ask you right now through this program today that we would learn the language of the supernatural. Holy Spirit, come. Come all over the world where this is being aired. We ask you today to come in your power and empower us for the great works of being sent in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, let's get started with God's word. We are going to open our Bibles before we go live to your Belinda. I want you to open your Bibles to the gospel according to Luke. And the reason I want us to start here is I want you to understand Luke because why? Luke was the author of the book of Acts. And do you know something? Luke never saw Jesus face to face. He only knew Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and through, of course, Paul's testimony. So this means, beloved saints, that what 
we are about to share with you is very similar. Your experience is going to be like Luke's experience, only Luke is going to guide us on how to become sensitive and yielded to the Spirit. And he's going to teach us who the Holy Spirit is. He's going to teach us how to be yielded and how the gifts of the Spirit operate and why God is going to send us. So let's begin the gospel according to Luke. Now, I want us to begin in Luke's gospel. We have an outstanding infancy narrative. We also have an infancy narrative in Matthew. But in Luke's gospel, we have the most incredible infancy narrative. Do you know why? Now, remember, in Luke, we have an infancy. In, um, in Matthew, we have an infancy. In Mark, we have the beginning of the ministry of Jesus coming and preaching after John the Baptist is introduced to us. Immediately, it comes to Christ. And then in the gospel, according to John, we do not have an infancy. We have the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in Luke's gospel, we have the infancy narrative that leads us to the role of the Holy Spirit in the birth of Christ. And did you know that Luke's prophetic agenda in the infancy narrative is to prepare us for the coming of the Holy Spirit, not only for the coming of Jesus in his birth, but for the coming of the Holy Spirit who will take everything that Jesus has said to us, that will take everything that Jesus is and reveal it unto us. So let's look at the role of the Holy Spirit in the infancy narrative. Number one, in the gospel according to Luke, we have the, the role of the Spirit in the life of John the Baptist. Notice what the Bible says. In Luke chapter 1, verse 15, it says, He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. So I want you to know that he is explaining to us from the very beginning in the introduction of the role of John the Baptist, that John the Baptist is going to be great in the sight of the Lord and filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Also, we are going to see this incredible feature because we are going to see that, uh, that the angel is going to tell Zechariah that he is going to actually reflect what was spoken of him in the, the book of Malachi. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible tells us in verse in verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. What does that mean? That means he's going to go forward in the anointing of Elijah, like Elijah, but in a historic sense of scripture in the first century, he is going to go before him in the spirit of prophecy before the Lord. Now, let us look at the second one that Luke introduces to us, and that's Mary. Now, I want you to see the role of Mary in the infancy narrative uh, in as we study the baptism in the Spirit. We saw John the Baptist filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Now we are going to see something about Mary. We are going to see the Spirit upon her. In John the Baptist, we are going to see the Spirit's work within him. So we are going to see in these five individuals in the infancy narrative, 
the work of the Spirit upon us and the work of the Spirit within us. Let us look. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. Therefore, the holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Notice the very words that Luke is going to use in the book of Acts, in the first chapter and the eighth verse. Notice there are similar expressions. What is that similar expression? The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. That is so spiritually significant. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Do you know that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, written by Luke also, he says, he says to us, you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we see this role of the Spirit in the infancy narrative. But let's continue. Going down to Elizabeth, we see that Elizabeth also in the infancy narrative also has a relationship with the Holy Spirit and we see the work of the Spirit within. Notice it says in the last line of verse 41, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So she is going to actually operate in the word of knowledge and she is going to operate in prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is resting upon Elizabeth that she has supernatural knowledge to know who Mary, what is happening in Mary's body with nobody telling her because it's the word of knowledge through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see the work of the spirit in John the Baptist that work of sanctification, he shall be uh, filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb. We see the work of the Spirit in Mary, a type and shadow of being filled with the Spirit. Uh, as Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, this, uh, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We see the Holy Ghost coming upon her. Now we see the work of the Spirit in Elizabeth. And the Bible is showing us that Elizabeth is a type and a shadow of the church. When the Spirit comes upon you, you shall be able to receive revelation knowledge. You shall be able to discern with not natural discernment, just as she did. The Bible says she was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now let's see the fourth one. The fourth one is Zechariah. Zechariah, who had been actually unable to speak the entire pregnancy of, of his wife, Elizabeth. But on the day of John the Baptist's circumcision, I want you to know something powerful happened. They asked, what will be the child's name? And the Bible says, Zechariah, said his name, he wrote it down, and immediately his mouth was opened. And the Bible says, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and he prophesied. And he, the first thing that comes out of his mouth after being silent for nine months was a prophecy concerning John the Baptist. So we see the work of the Spirit in John the Baptist. We see the work of the Spirit upon Mary. We see the work of the Spirit in Elizabeth. We see the work of the Spirit in Zechariah. And we see the work of the Spirit in Simeon. Let us look at Luke chapter 2. And this is all a preface to Pentecost. Can you say this with me? This is a preface to Pentecost. Let's look at this very clearly. Luke chapter 2. 
And we are going to look, beloved saints, at verse 25. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same was devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death till he had seen the Lord's Christ. And notice verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Notice the Bible is telling us three works of the Spirit in Simeon. Number one, it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death till he had seen the Lord's Christ. Number two, the Bible tells us that he came by the Spirit into the temple. And also, we see that the Bible tells us, beloved saints, that as this revelation of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost was upon him, the Bible says. This is what verse 26 tells us. The Holy Ghost was upon him. So we see the Spirit upon and we see the Spirit within. Now I want to take you live to our service and I want to teach you from the Word of God about the power of Pentecost. Then we're going to come back and I'm going to pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to begin to start operating in your life. Let's go live to the service. Say this with me. Hermeneutically speaking, this is all one unit. So let's look. Let us see. The Bible is saying, though I have, going back up to verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, if I do not have agape, I am become like a loud brass and a tingling cymbal. Verse 2, though I have the gift of prophecy. Didn't you just see that? Wasn't that just in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10? Yes or no? Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. That's prophetic. And though all knowledge... I have all knowledge. And the Bible says, and though I have faith so that I could move mountains, isn't faith, isn't word of knowledge, isn't prophecy, and aren't tongues charismatic gifts, yes or no? So why is he using the charismatic gifts? Because he is saying, if agape is not in the body, then the charismatic gifts cannot reach their highest potential and purpose. The charismatic gifts are going to be hindered, and we are not going to be able to be fully edified the way God has intended us to become edified. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. This is why we have to excel in edifying the church. And this is why Paul is teaching, we must understand the use of signs and wonders. The use of signs and wonders for the unbeliever. The use of signs and wonders for ministry. But for the church, there should be the active participation of every believer in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's go for a moment to Philippians chapter 2. And in Philippians chapter 2, Paul gives us what we call 
the attributes of agape. The attributes of agape are laid out for us in Philippians chapter 2, and I want you to see it, beloved saints. If there be any consolation in Christ and any comfort of love, if there be any, hallelujah, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels and mercies fulfill my joy. That you become like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let me break that up for you. First of all, the Bible is teaching us here, if there be any comfort of love, the first attribute of agape is comfort. If there be any comfort of agape, this word comfort is the word paraclesis. It's where we get the word paraclete. Paraclesis is an attribute of agape. Our agape is not complete for its use in the body unless we understand the action of paraclesis. What is paraclesis? Paraclesis comes from the word paraclete, which means to come to one's side, to be summoned to come alongside someone. What does that mean? That means when there is a need in the body, coming alongside means that you're going to be present, means you're going to love, means you're going to reach out, means you're going to bear the burden. You're going to be actively involved in the action of paraclesis. It's an attribute of agape. My agape is not complete unless I learn how to be there for someone, unless I learn how to become the presence of Jesus because he has no other hands or feet but you. So we have to operate in paraclesis. Paraclesis also comes from that word paraclete, which is a legal term, which is a defender. And God wants us in our prayers and intercessions. So in order to operate in the gifts of the Spirit in their fullness. And then we see, if there be any comfort of love. This word comfort is not the same word as consolation, paraclesis. This is the word, dear people of God, that we see here in the, the Greek language that is speaking to us. It is the word paramuthion. And paramuthion is only used one time, and that's right here. Paramuthion is a word that means to speak soothing words to somebody. Soothing words. So that means an attribute of agape involves encouragement. I have to be an encourager in the body if I'm going to operate in healing, if I'm going to operate in the operation of miracles, if I'm going to operate in tongues and interpretation for their proper use in the body, if I'm going to be used in the gifts of the Spirit in any way. It's not about me. It's about giving to others. It's about operating in the paramuthion. That word, soothing words, wow. When was the last time we gave soothing words to somebody today? Saying, you know what? I'm praying for you. 
or send somebody a heart. Just say, you're special to me. Send somebody the love of God. Tell somebody you love them. Tell somebody you treasure them. Tell somebody, build them up in the most holy faith. But unfortunately, what we have in the body, we don't have paramuthion. We have some, but not much. We're not experts in encouraging each other. We have some gossipers. We have those that are tearing it down with our tongue rather than building it up. And you see, agape can't do that. So we're speaking in tongues, but we're also tearing somebody down behind their back. And that is grievous to the Holy Spirit. How can we possibly operate in the true purpose of the gifts of the Spirit if we're backbiting our neighbor? Hello, somebody. Can I get a witness? Notice the third attribute of agape. If there be any fellowship of the Spirit. So we saw the first one, paraclesis. We saw the second one, paramuthion, smooth and sweet, soothing, consoling words. Now we're seeing the third one, koinonia. What is this? Going out to eat? Well, it could be. But there's more to that. You see, this word fellowship or koinonia, it has to do with joint participation. That's what it means in the Greek language. The act of receiving and the act of giving. Joint contributing one to another. And there is also spiritual koinonia. There's physical koinonia, such as we're going to see out there with the distribution of food. That's major koinonia going on. Everybody sharing, everybody loving, everybody building each other up, every joint supplying. But there is also koinonia that happens in the house spiritually. The spiritual koinonia is the impartation of the anointing on a house that goes to all the body to operate in that special anointing and vision from the house. That's koinonia. That's an attribute of agape by which the gifts of the spirit operate. Oh, my, how I remember, how I remember, how I remember. I remember when I was so young and I belonged to a tremendous ministry. And that ministry was filled with young people in the 1970s. It was the most beautiful ministry. My sister also went to that ministry. The name of the ministry was Shekinah. And you know what? The Shekinah glory manifested there. And the anointing of that ministry was the glory. And those who walked were able to see the glory, be able to operate in the glory, and see the realms of the Spirit. And the anointing that was on the vision was on everyone. Why? because everyone was contributing. There was a participation. There was an anointing. You see, that's what God wants us to understand here, beloved saints. Fellowship, that act of receiving, that act of impartation, the joint contribution, 
one to another. Hallelujah. We ought to give God the praise for that. Let me explain to you how the mystery, how the mystery of, of that outpouring operates. For example, a wonderful example of how koinonia spiritually is imparted in the church is foreshadowed in the book of Numbers in the 11th chapter. The Bible tells us that Moses could not bear the burden alone. And the Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 11, verse 17, that he, God said to Moses, I am going to take of the spirit that is upon you, and I'm going to appoint it up upon the elders. And the Bible tells us in the 25th verse of Numbers chapter 11, and the Lord took of the spirit that was upon Moses, and he parted it unto the 70 elders, and they all began to prophesy what was happening. That was a foreshadowing of the work of koinonia. You see, God takes the anointing on a body, and he imparts it to the believers that are in that body to operate in that same anointing. And then, of course, we see going back to Philippians chapter 2. And we see the fourth attribute of agape. The Bible tells us, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love. What does it mean, the same love? That word same love is the reciprocation of love. That means when love is given to you, that you also reciprocate. There's reciprocation, that what we've received, we also give back. That there is giving and receiving in the body, giving and receiving in the sense of appreciation, giving and receiving in the sense of fellowship, that you have the same love. So it's not just one person loving, it's every person loving. This is the attribute of agape that is necessary for the gifts of the Spirit to operate in the body of Christ. And then, of course, we see being of one accord and one mind. That one mind meaning, this word phronema, which is a word in the Greek, which means of, of the same, same disposition. To have dispositions and to have a mindset that's the same. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand that God wants to teach us the language of the gifts of the Spirit. If you were with us on Pentecost, we saw that some of those gifts can only be accessed by servanthood. Those gifts are called the servant gifts. The Bible says differences of administrations. This word in the Greek language is the word, not doulos, which is slave, but it is the word diakonon, uh, taken from the action of diakonia, which literally means a mindset of service, a mindset, an attendance on another. So that means that there are certain gifts of the Spirit that can only be accessed when I'm serving. They can only be accessed through the service of serving another. And God wants to do what he did with Stephen. He wants to do it with you. Stephen was a deacon, but the Bible tells us he did great signs and wonders among the people people. Hallelujah. God will do the same with you. 
I'm so glad you joined us today. I want to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon your life and to send you forth into ministry. You see, beloved saints, in the book of Acts, the Bible says you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This word power is the word in Greek dunamis, meaning to give you the ability. That means that you are going to have supernatural ability to do something that you could never do in your natural, not only for God, but also there are supernatural, miraculous manifestations of God's spirit that he wants to reveal in your life. You are the one God is going to use. And I'm going to pray right now that you learn the language of the supernatural from that witness within the Holy Spirit who lives within us. The Bible says it is the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is truth. But also in Romans 8, 16, the Bible says, hallelujah, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. And that spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit is a special witness that the spirit wants to give us on how to be led by the spirit. I'm going to pray that you will know the leading of the spirit the way Jesus did. The Bible says Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. And the way we're led by the spirit is not only to become so supernaturally sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but to become very yielded to the spirit of God and follow him. Father God, today, right now, I pray the gifts of the Holy Spirit to begin to operate in the lives of my brothers and sisters. I pray, first of all, that we would desire above all things to prophesy in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray the prophetic attributes of the Spirit of God to flow right now through this uh, telecast that you would teach us from your word on how to become spiritually sensitive to the witness within those that are baptized in the spirit and those that are not receive the Holy Spirit right now. Receive him, uh, the Holy Ghost in fire. Prepare yourself for Pentecost because this is the most important time of the year. And beloved saints, we are so blessed because the Holy Spirit wants to pour that spirit that spirit is prophetic upon you. Did you know, beloved saints, that it is possible to be filled with the spirit of prophecy and not prophesy with your mouth? Did you know that prophecy is not just speaking, but that prophecy is also seeing? The Bible tells us that the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Yet, we have no record anywhere in the Bible that Abraham ever said, thus saith the Lord. Yet in Genesis chapter 20, verse 7, he is called a prophet. God wants those prophetic unctions of the Spirit of God to be stirred up in you. So that prophecy is not just saying, prophecy is seeing. Prophecy is hearing. Did you know that the prophet Elisha said, Elijah said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. 
I believe right now God is touching your ears. God is touching your eyes. God is touching your mouth and that you are going to be submerged in the supernatural. God wants you to know that this is your hour. You are going to dream dreams. So just receive that anointing to hear the voice of God in your dreams. Thank you so much for joining us. And today, if you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, will you allow me to pray the prayer of salvation with you so that you can receive the Holy Spirit? Say this prayer with me. If you want to be born again, if you want sins forgiven, if you want the greatest miracle of all, to become a new creature in Christ Jesus, say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Wash me clean from all my sins. I repent. I ask you, Lord, be my best friend. Let me know conversion. I never want to go back to what I was involved in again. Break every chain off of my life. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Amen and amen. And beloved, I want to invite you to hear about Hesed. Hesed means loving kindness in Hebrew. And our announcer is going to tell you right now how you can become a Hesed partner. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.